You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Well, we took a couple of weeks off and we're back. The NFL schedule was released last week. Bryson, let's go through it a little bit here. Um, what do you like? What don't you like about, about the schedule? Yeah. Um, well, you know, opening up against the Cleveland Browns, it's going to be interesting. You, you know, there, there's rumors still swirling around that – Carolina is still in the market for a free agent, uh, a veteran free agent quarterback. So maybe it's a, a Baker Mayfield revenge game we're looking at week one and the NFL is trying to tell us something. But uh, I think Watson's probably going to be suspended so we won't get to see him. Um, so I think that's a good uh, home opening game. Uh, Carolina has a chance, especially if Watson's not playing and Baker isn't playing for the Browns. Yeah, another home opener, too. Isn't that back to back now? Yeah, yep. So that's always good for the fans. I'm sure everybody's excited about that. But um, the first three weeks, I think, are all winnable games for the Panthers. Uh, you got the Giants and the Saints. Um, the Saints have made a lot of good moves this offseason. But at the end of the day, they still have Jameis Winston at quarterback. And their offensive line is retooled and probably not going to be as good. So their defense is going to be one of the best in the league, I think. But their offense is, you know, who knows. So – Three, first three weeks winnable. Uh, weeks four, five, six, seven is hell. The worst <laughs> schedule I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I don't think the Panthers win any of those games. Uh, the Cardinals maybe because they've they've had the Cardinals number forever, but I, I doubt it. If if Kyler Murray's playing, um, you know this could be a I mean, they could start three and four easily. What's with that's... them? What's with them playing Tampa Bay so damn late in the season? This year, it's up a little bit. I think they played them week thirteen and then week sixteen or seventeen last year. They got them week seven though. But it seems like every year they play them guys so late. At least when Tom Brady's been been on the team, and they yeah, play the Saints early. That annoys me. Yeah, they always play the Saints early. It seems like in the Bucks late. I, I don't know, man, but. Um, you know, and then you, you you got the the Bengals in there. That'll be a fun game to watch uh, for watching Joe Burrow. I mean, he's exciting to watch, and I think that, you know, we're probably going to lose that game, but still it'll be exciting to watch the Bengals against our team. Um, I mean, just overall, this schedule is really, really tough. Uh, there's only, like, maybe two or three, like, gimme games, like, that you would say, okay, Carolina's probably going to be favored, uh, probably against the Lions, the Seahawks maybe one of the Falcons games, maybe the Steelers. Um, those are like the only really easy games that Carolina has. Uh, the, I guess the Giants maybe, but we saw what happened last year against the Giants, so I'm not even really counting that one. Uh, but, yeah, I think overall it's definitely a schedule where Matt Rule has a lot to prove, and we'll see what happens. I think Joe Person in his article, his um, athletic article, had them going 9-8, and eight, which I thought was pretty generous. Mm -hmm. Um I see five, maybe six wins max as it sits right now with the roster as it sits with Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback and maybe Matt Corral, if you know, he can 
squeak in, but I, I think Corral probably sits this season. Um, but yeah, with Sam Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback, I, I really I just have a hard time seeing more than six wins. Yeah, I um, a lot of the stuff you said I agree with. Uh, I think it's an early again like last year the the first couple weeks it seems like those are their easier matchups, which will be good. Um, the stretch in October is going to be tough. Never count them out against the Cardinals, though. They've had their way the last three or four times they played them, which is just very weird because that team roster-wise, I feel like, is better than the Panthers. And every year, I don't know, Matt Rule seems to have um, the Cardinals number. I don't know what it is. But th- that one, I mean, that starts to tough stretch. San Fran, it's kind of up in the air. It's If Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team, I think it's going to be a tough go around. If Trey Lance is there, I don't know. I think that could be a winnable game if Trey Lance is uh, at center um, or behind center, I should say. But talk about tough. I mean, they play they play the Super Bowl, both Super Bowl teams that were in it last year within the first nine weeks. And this team went five and eleven last or five and twelve last year. So I don't know. I think that's bullshit. I really do. I don't know how this team has this sort of a schedule. It's ridiculous. It really is. This reminds me of a couple of years ago. I've, I felt like Carolina um, early in the uh, Cam Newton days, they had a really tough schedule and they were bad. And it was, I thought it was bullshit. I really did. I, I don't get why this team has such a difficult schedule and back to back years, they've been terrible. And I know it's based off of that. So it's just, Again, Baltimore had a down year, so that kind of throws them in there with them, um, and that kind of throws things off a little bit. But them that face the Rams and the Bengals, that's just a it's a tough one, a tough one to swallow. Bengals yeah. will be fun, but again, this will be good, you know, measuring sticks for the Panthers. You got Rams week six, Bengals week nine. See if there's any improvement in between there, um, between both of those teams. I feel like every year Atlanta, Carolina at least went splits one with them. They've split they split the Saints last year. Can they do it again? They might be able to. I mean, they did it last year, week two. They beat they beat the Saints, I felt like handily at home. Um, and then obviously couldn't get them, couldn't get them late in the season. Um, I hate, I hate the box Saints at the end of the year. I'm tired of that. Yeah. I feel like that's every year. It's like flip-flops. It's either the Bucks the last week and the Saints the week prior. And then now this year it's flipped. It's the Bucks and then the Saints. Throw the Falcons game at the end of the year. Like they need to switch that up because that's that's become a regular thing. Another super late bye week, too. Week 13. Yeah, week 13 again. So uh Matt Rule really not getting any breaks there. You'd like to see it like week eight or something. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it now. Uh, me and you, are, we're going to try to go to that Bengals game. And at Cincinnati, we could drive there. Um, and then, you know, just seeing that game live I think would be exciting. Yeah, might, that would not, be cool. Might not leave the stadium very happy, but still, uh, it'd be cool experience, I think. Yeah, Battle of the Cats. That would be a fun game to go to. Um, Just trying to look at some of these other ones even in November, you got Baltimore and then you got, you're on the road against Baltimore and then you're at home the weekend of Thanksgiving versus Denver. Those aren't going to be easy. Yeah, that, Denver game, that Denver game got a lot harder. 
Yeah, Seahawks, I can see I can see them squeaking one out. Again, though, that's at Seattle. So, I mean, they go Baltimore, at Baltimore, home to Denver, and then go on the road to Seattle. Steelers, I like me some Kenny Pickett, so I think that's going to be a tough one. Lions, they out. I mean, they've been they've been they're a bad team right now, but they're on the rise. I mean, they're yeah. pl- they're playing for some sides. So they're always that's not even a gimme game. I honestly think the Giants won, and I know the Giants kicked the Panthers' ass last year. But I feel like if you're going to look at any game as like a gimme game, that's the one I'm banking on the most because I don't have faith in Daniel Jones, and I think this roster, the Panthers' roster this year, is better than last. I think I think the most gimme game on the roster is the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks might be the worst team in the league next year, and they might not win a game. Honestly, they have one of the worst offensive lines. They have Drew Lock at quarterback. Their defense is depleted. I, they have like zero talent on that roster besides DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, who's injured half the time. So I think that the Seahawks game is probably the easiest one on the schedule if I had to pick. Um, one that you know the Falcons home game will be probably pretty easy without them having without them having Matt Ryan now and playing against Ritter or Mariota um and then yeah like you mentioned uh the um who did you say was the oh the Giants yeah but the Giants I don't know man I just last season left a bad taste in my mouth I I don't I don't want I really just don't count anything against that team. Graham Gano could fucking make 48,000 field goals against us again. And, uh, the Falcons, too, is a good point. I always get nervous because it's division. But, yeah, that – I mean, I, I feel like people don't realize how big of an impact Matt Ryan was on that team. I think they're really – they're going to be down there with, like, Seattle. I get they've yeah. had added guys, but – Marcus Mariota, I'm, I don't think is that great. I really don't think that guy's going to be pulling a team. Yeah. Um, I think he's just kind of a bridge uh, for Ritter. But that's another one to watch. And, again, one Thursday night game. I know fans gripe about that date because it's been really an omen for this Panthers team. A lot. It's, it's like voodoo shit, man. Cam Newton, Steelers Thursday night game probably ruined his entire career maybe <laughs> that that game for uh with watts and then you had the one last year where jc horn got out and then christian mccaffrey were in at that texans game that we were both watching together so but i'm tired of that we're gonna end that shit this year they are gonna win on a thursday night and they're gonna and it's at home i'm ex- I'll, I'm, I'm excited for that game I, yeah, I can't wait computer. to watch it the night night game at the same. We were talking about that when we were there watching that concert at Bank of America. It was like, man, I really just want a night game here. And you know, it is a Thursday night game, like you like you said, the bad omens. But I feel like it's different this year, especially since it's home and it's during the week. But I'm probably taking that Friday off, and I'm drinking hard Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, I, um, so you cap them at five to six. I think. Again, I'm more optimistic, I think, this year. And also, I think Matt Rule is going to turn this thing around. So I'm going to go eight, nine. I'm in line with Joe Person, I think. And I think, I think honestly, if they get to nine and maybe even eight, they might squeak into the playoffs. NFC is so down this year yeah. that they, I think they could get in with that number. So 
I'm not going to pick the games they're going to win or lose. We'll we'll predict that more once we get closer and once training camp. I mean, there's a lot that still can happen between now and you know August. One thing we didn't meant. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, let me ask you real quick. Um, while we were on the the win total topic, what do you think is is a safe amount of wins for Matt Rule to keep his job? Uh, I think they have to be on the verge of making the playoffs or make the playoffs for him to move forward. I don't so know like at, at least eight, eight, nine wins like you. I think they have to either like literally the last week of the season, their win in their like in one of those scenarios. Yeah. To make it to be in like what, like the Chargers and Colts and some of those other teams last year, like that scenario. It, they got to be scrapped. It, it, it's time. Like yeah. it's there, there. It's been long enough. I personally think so. Um, I don't know what that number is, but again, I think, I honestly think they could get in with nine, nine wins. I think that's possible. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So we'll see another thing I wanted to mention. We didn't talk about preseason. All. They don't play the Steelers in preseason this year. That It's been like five seasons in a row or more. That's because we did them during the regular season this time. Yeah. So they finally broke that. They only get. They got one home game. It's against Buffalo preseason, uh, the game three. Yeah, that's good. Which isn't – isn't game two like game three was in the past. Like game two yeah. is the one where the starters are going to play the most. So Yeah, that's true. There won't be – I mean, maybe we get to see Matt Corral a whole lot more. Again, we don't know. We'll see how this competition shakes out. But off the record stuff, I wanted to ask you about this because I thought – I thought the power rankings on ESPN were bullshit. I really do. I, you might you might be a little bit more um, accepting of of the rankings, but uh, for those who haven't seen it, Carolina was ranked thirty two of thirty two this year, which I think is bullshit. What do you think? No, I I don't think they have the worst roster in the league, um, but I can't fault them for putting us there just because our, I mean, our quarterback situation and how bad Sam Darnold was last season and how the team is saying, you know, Sam Darnold is our starting quarterback as a roster sits right now. And um, there is speculation, like I mentioned earlier about them adding another one, but if Sam Darnold is our quarterback for all 17 games next season, I wouldn't be surprised if we were the worst team in the league. I don't think that we are the worst roster in the league, you know, all around. Cause I think that our defense is going to be top 15 ish probably. And our, Offensive line is retooled and maybe could be a top 10 offensive line. We have a really good receiving core. Obviously, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, that's another huge plus. But uh, when it comes down to it, the most important position on the field is a quarterback. And when you don't have a quarterback, your team isn't likely to win a lot of games. So, I, I like I said earlier, I think the Seahawks are going to be the worst team in the league. I don't think that they're going to win. They, they might win one or two games uh, as their roster sits right now. And I think they're doing that on purpose because next year's quarterback class is – absolutely ridiculously stacked and I think they're looking looking toward that um and then maybe they actually truly do believe in Drew Locke I don't understand how they could but uh he did light the Panthers up when he played the Panthers (laughs) for like four touchdowns I think it was um but yeah I think did they play them last year that was the year before right or am I did they play him last year it was the year before because yeah it was was steady Bridgewater they did Yeah. yeah okay Okay. Um, but yeah, I uh, 
I can't really be too upset just because Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback. So I don't think we're the worst team in the league, but I really don't have much argument at this point. Yeah, I'm looking at I, I I just wanted to look back to look at it. The Texans above Carolina? Get the hell out of here. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Atlanta too. Like that's that's dumb. Like I don't get that. Where do they have the Seahawks? They got Seattle off. They got Seattle 27. That makes no sense. Yeah, it's they got they got Seattle 27 and the Texans 28. Where are they getting Texans? The Texans, I think, is the worst team in the league. I do. That's If I had to rank it, it would be Texans. They got the Jets ahead of them. I get it, Zach Wilson. So that that's where they're probably banking off of. That team is, I mean, they, they kind of are on the rise. I need to be less hard on them. But <laughs> Detroit, too, that's another one. That's, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely like. I mean, if Carolina upgraded – if Matt Corral comes out and he's just a starter week one and, like, he's that good to be able to do that, then Carolina, I think, is at least 25. And they won five last year with Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker and Cam Newton playing for some of those games too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, they're not 32. I don't – I don't think the roster is worse than it was last year, so – and we were not the worst team in the league last year. I think their roster has improved pretty much all in every area except for losing the side. Yeah, I feel like they're more balanced as a team. Just going yeah. straight off the roster of what we know today. They were a little bit more sided towards the defense last year. This year with the offensive line retool, and I feel like that's balanced it out a little bit. But I guess we'll see. Well, let's move on. Let's go to Sean Payton because that's been in – that's been in the news a couple days ago. A report surfaced from Front Office Sports, who I have never heard of before. <laughs> Mike McCarthy, I believe, was the reporter. Yes, same name as the coach for the Cowboys. But he said that the Panthers are eyeing former Saints coach Sean Payton for 2023. They're willing to wait. Right now, Payton has signed a deal with Fox to be an analyst, and they are willing to wait one year for him they're banking on him to come out of retirement after one season or one year off and they would like to acquire sean payton again sean payton is still under contract with the saints through 2024 so there would be a trade involved that this would happen and i will just start here i don't see this happening at all i don't see a coach being traded within a division I think if count me was Bill Belichick traded within the division or did he go from Cleveland to New England? He went to Cleveland from Cleveland oh, to New he? England. Yeah, he did was he? fired in Cleveland, I think, actually. Okay, so he wasn't traded. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Gruden, I think, was traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at one point. But I honest, I do not see this happening at all. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. No, I agree. I there's there's no way that the Saints um, just so willingly give the give the Carolina Panthers a. I mean, Sean Payton when he was in the league, he was a top five, maybe top three coach in the league. I mean, he's an offensive genius. Uh, I I hate the guy, but like he's good at what he does, and I highly doubt that the Saints would be willing to allow that to happen for him to go to Carolina. 
unless they just absolutely fleece the Panthers out of like three first round, like a Deshaun Watson trade package, which wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them uh, with David Tepper um, the way he is. But I, I just, I don't see it happening at all. Really. Um, I think that, you know, we'll see how the season goes with Matt rule and, you know, and that presser Matt rule had, he, he brought up David Tepper told him it was a five-year rebuild. So maybe he has five years. We don't know, but I think that, if Matt Rule isn't the answer to this season, they will look elsewhere. Obviously, but uh, you know, I I just I just don't see it being John Payton at all. Yeah, and I think we're both on the same. I do believe I could see David Tepper being interested in this. He was interested in Watson. I can see that. I just yeah. I don't think the Saints would. The, I just cannot. I don't care what the offer would be. I cannot see this ever happening. Yeah, if he comes back, he's going to be the Saints coach. That's if that that's kind of how I view it. But we'll see. Again, I, I thought we I thought we needed to address it because it was been a cop, top of conversation. Matt Rule was asked about it, so just thought it was interesting. Interesting timing too. Uh, you would you would think this was this would be like during the season if this were mm-hmm. to come out. Very odd that it came out now. And uh, what? We're two, two, three, uh, about three weeks removed from when David Tepper came out and said he fully supported Matt Rule. So just weird timing on it. Again, the Cowboys were another team rumored to be interested. So if it did get to this point, it would be a bidding war between the Cowboys and Panthers. And I think Dallas would win that one. Yeah. So, but it needed to be addressed. We needed to talk about it. Let's stick on the Saints train here. Going oh going back to that let, let's just get your opinion what um would you accept Sean Payton as the coach of the Panthers I personally wouldn't I hate him I hate the Saints he's the most punchable coach's face in the entire <laughs> league can't stand the guy I think I res- I respect him that he's a good coach but I can't stand him as you know the divisional foe and I can't stand him for the bounty gate they had a few years back. Several Panthers were on that list. I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think I can ever get over that. So just me personally, I would I do not want him on the I do not want him as the coach. But I just I'm curious what your take is. <laughs> I would accept him. I, I also don't like him. And for all the reasons you have mentioned, yes, I hate him. But if if the Panthers had a chance to get one of the best offensive minds in football history. As their head coach, uh, I would just have a hard time not liking that. <laughs> I, I have mean, no problems with that either. I I, I see both sides. I like yeah. I get it. It's like win at no at all costs. If this guy's going to bring a yeah. ring, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I understand that exactly. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, let's go to Drew Brees because he's he's been in he's been in the news as of late too. Um. There was a report out that NBC is not going to be bringing him back as an analyst this year. He was on Sunday Night Football crew. And then Drew Brees came out with a tweet, and it reads, Despite speculation from the media about my future this fall, I am currently undecided. I may work for NBC, the biggest ball drop. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids. Or all of the above, all of the above. I'll let you know, Bryson. What do you make of this? Is there any truth to him coming back, or do you just think he was just ranting on Twitter? No, he's just trying to save face. I mean, he got pretty much let go because he wasn't good at broadcasting, and 
Uh, I don't know if you remember, but his last season in the NFL was really bad. He held the Saints back tremendously. They had a really good team, and he couldn't pass the ball past 10 yards. I mean, his arm was shot. I literally had no vertical game at all. Um, uh, if he does come back, I mean, as a backup, I guess. Like, I, I really don't know. I, he's just not good enough right now. I, he's not Tom Brady. He's not going to be able to play at that age. Uh, Tom Brady, I mean, fucking had his best career year last year. And he's that's why he's the GOAT. But Drew Brees isn't. And Drew Brees wasn't good his last season in the league. And that's why he was pretty much forced into re- retirement and just stay on the sideline, find a job somewhere else. But the NFL is – you're done playing. Yeah, he maybe coaching. A, maybe coaching. I don't know. He had a noodle arm like Peyton Manning did at the end of his career. Like, I mean, he couldn't make a throw like past like 30 yards. And if he did, it wasn't very good. Didn't have enough, a lot of, you know, rip on it or anything. So, yeah, I'm not buying it. I think I think he'll find somewhere. Some, some network will sign him. I know that he wanted to be in the booth. He didn't want to be like, this pregame show type stuff. So he, I wouldn't say that, you know, he's the worst guy out there for broadcast because he actually might be better as an analyst in the booth, you know, analyzing tape because the guy was a pretty damn good quarterback. So like, I'm sure he's got, he could do some of the things, you know, Romo can do and Hey, this is going to happen here. That sort of thing. Cause he, I'm sure he's, I mean, the guys dissected defenses and offenses for several freaking years and was really good at it. So that might be something in the works. We'll see. I'm sure someone's going to – I'm sure he's going to find somewhere to go, whether it's ESPN or Fox or somewhere in the booth. We'll see. But we got to talk about another guy because this came up as well this week. Really just going back to the past of the Panthers. But Devontae Adams was interviewed with the Raiders. I think it was earlier this week. It might have been late last week. But anyway – Devontae Adams said that the Panthers were the most interested team in him in 20, I think it was 20, was it 2013 draft? I was literally looking at this the other day. It was 2013 or 2014 draft. And he said they showed the most interested and he thought they were going to draft him. We all know how that panned out. The Panthers ended up picking Kelvin Benjamin, wide receiver out of Florida State University at pick 25 that year. Packers took him early in the second round. Bryson, how good <laughs> would it have been Cam Newton hooking up with Devontae Adams in 2015 in the Super Bowl against the Broncos? They would have won that fucking Super Bowl. I, I fully believe that. I mean, that just makes me so sick. Uh, I mean, that was that that was Gettleman, right? Gettleman made that pick, so. I mean, that's just really I, I hate to dwell on the past, but that's just it was 2014 draft, by the way. 2014. Yeah. I, I it's just I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Gellman was not a good GM and um he took Krispy Kreme donuts over Devontae Adams, which you know it is what it is. And Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league, and Kelvin Benjamin is working at Krispy Kreme Donuts now. So I just Ah, I, I, that's just so frustrating. That's just literally the life of a Carolina Panther fan. <laughs> and I'll, I'll t- I, to the defense a little bit here, Kelvin Benjamin coming out was a really good prospect. Like the guy had double-digit touchdowns that year. He caught that 
touchdown pass in the what was it the championship game I believe um put up a thousand yards like he was like and he was a big target that's what Cam Newton you know Cam Newton back or he threw high a lot so Calvin was a big target for him that pick made sense at the time I just don't think his worth ethic his head wasn't there fully um as you know as the seasons went on but um I was trying to find this because I, for folks who don't know, I used to do a podcast way back in the day. It was called Panthers 360. I was trying to find my articles. I can't because the website is up for sale and I can't find them. But I did a draft profile back in the day on Devontae Adams and I wanted Carolina to take him that year. And I'm pissed I cannot find it. And I, I we don't even have our recordings of our podcast way back then either. It only goes back to 2015. So I can't even prove what i'm trying to say but i was hoping carolina would draft draft him in the second round obviously the packers took him which really pissed me off at the time because i have a bunch of a bunch of friends back home that are huge packer fans but yeah anyway Devonte adams would have been nice he would have that that it, it might have been a different super bowl but you know the there's nothing you can do shit yeah. happens and there every year there's I mean, we could go on and on. Justin Herbert, Penny Sewell, Slater, Justin Field. I mean, the list goes on and on. The people that they've passed up and are not passed up that could have potentially had. Um, actually, not Justin Herbert. He was picked before them. But anyway, you you get the point. So I just thought we'd talk about that a little bit. Rookie mini camp came and went by. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that we could see on twitter which really sucks because the media is kind of um tied with their hands behind their back when it comes to showing some of that stuff Um, but just from some of the uh beat reporters matt corral looked all right there was some aired throws i thought i saw from joe person Uh, i'm trying to think what else um they put icky aquanu I mean, he was he was getting a lot of work this past weekend. I know he was tight at the hip with camping. Cade Mays will be interesting to see what what happens in camp with him. Yeah. Um, because it sounds like he's a pretty versatile offense alignment, and he's got some power to him. So I'm I'm curious to see that. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see Matt Corral. I know it's early. I really hope this guy just rises quickly in training camp. I do not want to see Sam Darnold again. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. And I think that they're probably waiting. If I had to guess is that they're going to, they're going to go into training camp and see what Corral has and, you know, let him and Darnold battle it out. And if they're not happy, then I think that's when you see them make a move for a veteran quarterback or maybe even before training camp, if they, you know, if they can tell. I think it's June, honestly, because I thought I saw somewhere that there's a June date where teams, if they do cut players, it'll lessen the load a little bit. I don't know where I read that. And I don't know the date. I tried searching it, but. Yeah, it's the post June one cuts that they have those every year. And you get if you have like a you save more money normally and, and 
if you so that them. might be a time yeah. to watch if if they're gonna i feel like if they're gonna go after baker it's gonna be sooner rather than later like in june jimmy i could see what you were saying where they come bring him in a little bit later because there's still a lot of unknown with his shoulder and his yeah. surgery i'm kind of hoping they find a way to get baker because i really i just don't want to see Dan sam darnold at quarterback and i don't know if corral is going to be ready yeah and if they can do it for cheap i mean this isn't go trade away everything like they did sam darnold i'm, I'm talking like a sixth seventh round pick or get him after he's cut I think that's their best opportunity to make the playoffs this year if they're going to do it. So yeah. I agree. that would be nice. And that would make a hell of a storyline week one. I mean, I feel like the NFL, that's why they, that's why they set up the Panthers schedule the way they did. They're, they're kind of hoping like the rest of us that Baker's going to come to Carolina. So that can be the week one matchup, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, he definitely have a chip on his shoulder and a lot to prove and, a good offensive line and Christian McCaffrey and good receivers. So, I mean, we said it last year about Sam Darnold, but, you know, things happened last season and, you know, we found out Sam Darnold just isn't good. Um, Baker has shown that he has the ability to play. Like that's something that Sam Darnold never shown uh, in his whole entire career in the NFL. So Baker can be that guy, uh, just a matter of consistency and staying healthy. And I think if he comes to Carolina, it's really going to set him up, give him a good opportunity to show if not the Panthers, other teams that he has, he still has it and that he can be a starting quarterback. So, I mean, if I was Baker, I would be chopping at the bit to, to try to get to Carolina, win that starting job and, and show people, and especially whoop Cleveland's ass week one and show them that they fucked up by by not rolling with him. So, I mean, I think it's, it's set up definitely, like you said, like that way, that big storyline week one and um, we'll see what happens, but Baker. Does definitely... Seattle play the Browns? I've been looking that up. Does Seattle play the Browns this year? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to f find that quick because that's the only other team I can think of that would go after him. Yeah. I'm just curious. They may not even play him. I mean, it doesn't matter if if they would get him. That's not like – no, they don't. Um but they do play Carolina, so that would be interesting if they <laughs> end up getting them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like – and I saw someone uh, – I don't know who – I think someone tweeted this out today, but they said uh, they're just not buying that Carolina and the Seattle Seahawks are going into week one with the quarterbacks they have right now. Yeah, I saw that too. I think it was Ross Tucker. Um, Which would be, you know, I mean, if anything shaked out, I mean, and Jimmy is still an option. I know you've you banged the drum or not banged the drum wanting that, but you've you've had that feeling for a while. That is something that has not picked up steam yet, and that's still very well could. I mean, that mm -hmm. that's there hasn't been no steam on that with Carolina, which is kind of shocking. Yeah, like, and maybe that's something they're waiting till you know, maybe they're gonna find out more information in June once, you know, his recovery is getting closer to ending and that's when things really pick up. But that's another one that has really died off. It really has never, I has never really picked up steam. And that, I, I feel like that came to a head once it was announced that he was getting surgery, but that's another one where I, I'm just, I'm not buying the Sam Darnold starting week one. I, I just can't see it with Matt rules job on the line. I cannot see that. Yeah, it'd definitely be so a hard to believe. Risky play for him for sure. But I mean, I couldn't think of a better 
story for him personally then to get Sam Darnold out there again and Sam Darnold look better. I mean, I, I, I mean, that ain't happening. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, maybe that's what he's thinking. Like, maybe in year two, he's been saying, Darnold, we're really happy with Darnold. He's taking strides. He's really like, if Darnold gets out there cold. and somehow he plays, you know, 10, like, if, if, if he plays, 15% better, 20% better, and, you know, they win a couple more games. Like, I don't know. I, maybe that's what he's thinking. But uh, if, if my job was on the line, I definitely would not be rolling the dice on Sam Darnold. But I don't know. Maybe. I mean, what's – I know I know we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago with Baker and Crown in the same locker room. But why not, man? Put Baker, Darnold, and Corral – and whoever wins the job wins the job. I feel like that if if they want to win games this year, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Doing it with Darnold and Corral. And PJ Walker. Yeah, that's it's I mean, they'll win a couple games, but I mean they're not, I don't know. I just I don't think that's the way to do it. I think and again, I was one two months ago saying don't go the retread route, but at this point, <laughs> Look, I think there's a reason why they have not closed the door on a veteran quarterback. They have not. They've kept the door open. They say that, you know, it's still a possibility. It's still a possibility. They're waiting. And there, you know, there were all those reports during the draft that Carolina and like I thought Baker was going to be a, a Panther during the draft. One hundred percent. I thought he was going to be a Panther with all the reports all coming right. out. And you know, it comes out that Cleveland doesn't want to eat his a lot of his salary or whatever. The reason was it didn't happen. They're just waiting for Cleveland to do that, and Cleveland will do it eventually. Like there's, or lose him, and pay him everything because it's guaranteed, and not get anything in return. Like it, it either they're going to eat some of it or they're not, or they're going to eat all of it. And mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to keep Baker on the roster with Watson. There's no way they do that. Like that is just so. Yeah, I don't think toxic. that relationship. Yeah, the relationship isn't salvageable. Yeah, say. that's so there's toxic no for the locker room. So. I think that, you know, if, if I had to bet money, Cleveland, or Carolina has their eyes on, on Baker. I think that Matt Rule and Scott Furrier like Baker, and I think that Baker likes Carolina for the reasons I mentioned earlier. So I think – I really do think that he's going to end up being a Panther. And I – you know, I was on the – I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a Panther, but I think that they're just kind of deterred with his shoulder surgery and his, his – I think one of them is going to be. Yeah, like, seriously, I, yeah. if I was a betting man, I'd put 50 bucks – that one of them is going to be a quarterback <laughs> or is going to be on in the quarterback room of Carol in Carolina yeah. by July. Like seriously, it just, like it just makes too much sense because like they we didn't save that money for no reason. Yeah. And Matt rule is coaching to keep his job. If I'm, if I want to keep my job, I'm going to do everything in my, at my disposal to win as many games as possible. And that, and to me, that, that screams Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, the two best available quarterbacks, Matt Corral can sit behind him for a year. Uh, Matt Rule can use that as a next year. We uh, with one of those guys being the bridge. Next year we got Matt Corral coming off sitting the year. Uh, we're excited for Matt Corral next season. It gives him something to look forward to with him being the coach and you know saying that we've coached him up and I, I, it just makes too much sense for Carolina not to be involved in that. Totally agree with you. Well, Jer. Jersey numbers are out. We got to talk about. We'll we'll end on the jersey numbers. We'll end on something a little bit lighter here. PJ Walker is went from six to eleven. Robbie Anderson goes from eleven to three. Johnny Hecker takes six. 
CJ Henderson went from 15 to 24. Big shoes to fill. Ricky Manning Jr. Josh Norman. I'm missing probably another one in there. Uh, that might be it. But thoughts on the jersey numbers? Any favorites? And then we, the rookies were released as well. I didn't mention those. I was just kind of going through the, some of the changes. But Macarals nine, um, Icky seventy nine. There's some other ones. There's some ugly ones too. There's some numbers I'm not a fan of. I I can pull up the list while you're talking. But what what did you think of some of those numbers? Yeah, I mean, I guess. The Robbie Anderson number change is cool. Uh, I, I I thought he looked good in 11, but, uh, you know, with DJ Moore I agree. Going to, I liked 11 on him. Yeah, with DJ Moore going to two, and he wants to be maybe close to him with three. I don't know. They're best friends, so uh, that makes sense. And then I really like Matt Corral's number, uh, choice number for him. I'm glad he didn't go with a double-digit number. I think that's ugly on, the, on quarterbacks. I think the 14 makes Sam Darnold look fat. So nine, you know, he, he says – he says he likes Matt Stafford. Um, we, we got a new number nine in the NFC South. And I just – I love it. I think it looks great on, on Corral. So, I'm, I'm happy with that. I, that's my favorite one. Yeah, I like nine. I said that a couple of weeks ago. That that's a, I think that's a good number for him. Not a fan of the double-digit ones. <laughs> Sam Darnold looking fat 14. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I liked 11 for Robbie. I don't – I don't know how I feel about the three. I mean, it's, it's cool there. I'm sure he's going along with, you know, DJ Moore. the wide receivers having lower numbers. It looks like Higgins is 17, Andre Roberts, 18. So those guys are a little bit lower. I'm trying to think, is there any wideouts that are like in the eighties? Oh, Terrace Marshall's 88. Yeah, Terrace Marshall. Okay. So but yeah, Johnny Hacker, I understand it. I see why PJ move out of respect. I wonder if there was any payment there for that. But six, you see that. Um, some of these ugly ones, though. What are we going here? Xavier Woods, 20. That's I like that. CJ Henderson, 24. It feels like, oh no, JC Horn's eight. I was saying maybe the corners are trying to go in the 20s, but never mind. Yeah. Dante Foreman, I like 33. He's getting Trey, uh, Trey Boston's number. Um, Davion Nixon changed numbers, 54. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I and I just is 99, right? I like that. I don't like that at you all. You don't like that? Mm-mm. I think 99 is an ugly number. I feel like that's a badass, like, DN number or defensive tackle number. I, I like those high 90s. <laughs> Corbett, 63. Let's see. Bozeman, 56. I don't know about 50s for linemen. Are 50 alignment in the 50s? Is that common? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think what, of what, what's Icky Quan's number? 79. He's the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same like as that. he was in college. Yeah, I like that. But there was a weird one. Where the hell is it? I think it was one of the there was like a there was like a linebacker at 40 or something. Yeah, that's weird. Little, no, it's not Littleton. Maybe it Brandon, it's um Brandon Smith. No, it's the guy. Oh, maybe it is Brandon. Barna. It might be Brandon Smith. I um, mean, let's find this out because that that one I was like, what the hell? Um, Brandon Smith's forty. Yeah, yeah that's weird. <laughs> that's nasty. I like the I like the low numbers for linebackers. That kind of grew on me. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that, like going into last season, but. 
Shaq seven, like I five two five is a good one. Yeah, that's slick. I like that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's Barno's forty six. That's kind of a lower number too, but. Mm-hmm. All right, we don't need to spend any more time on that. <laughs> we got to talk about Brian Burns because I know you love talking about this guy. He's back. Uh, he was at uh, um, voluntary workouts. I think it was this week. Mm-hmm. But there has been some reporting out there that, you know, maybe he wasn't doing these offseason workouts because he's looking at a new contract and Robbie Anderson do, didn't do that last or Yeah, didn't do that last year. And then he got a contract extension after sitting out um so maybe he's following suit with that but it looks from the pictures i i thought i saw i agreed on agreed with someone on twitter i saw that someone commented that he looks like he bulked up a little bit i thought he did i thought he looked a little bit bigger in the arms um yeah i did too. i don't know if that's true but uh, that's always a good sign i mean i mean i feel like I mean, he's pretty consistent with nine sacks. If he can at least, if he can put up that bargain or more, I feel like that's pretty good. I, I, I think Carolina is going to pay him. I don't see why they wouldn't. They, I mean, all signs point that they're going to give him. A, I mean, they kind of have to. They don't really have, you know, anyone that's putting up those kind of sack numbers. Yeah, I mean, defense line. You got seventeen games, and with his, with the talent he has. And the ability he has, he should be getting more than nine sacks in a season. Cue the uh, Bryson Rats. <laughs> I mean, it, it just seems like over and over it's the same move, the same spin. He over pursues on the quarterback. He doesn't set the edge in the run. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I think Brian Burns is good. He's he's very good, but I I hold him to a higher standard. He's a first round pick. He's you know, he's supposed to be this tone setting defensive end. Um, you know, I, I'm expecting, you know, it, like Cam Jordan type numbers or, uh, you know, other ends in the NFC South that, you know, we've had to deal with for years. And I feel like Brian Burns is just underachieved, in my opinion, for the first couple of seasons that he's been in the league. And I think for him to earn a contract where he's one of the highest paid defensive ends in the league, he needs to produce like one of the highest paid defensive ends in the league and hold his edge in the run game and not over pursue and, and finish on more of these sacks because it's like every game Brian Burns could end up with five or six sacks a game, but he ends up with a half a sack or, or one sack. And it's like, he's there, but he just misses or he's, or the quarterback ducks under him and and he just runs right past him. I'm, I just feel like personally, I just hold him to a higher standard because like, it's easy to see that he has all the talent in the world. He can do it, but it just seems like every year it's the same thing. And I'm hoping that he takes that leap this season because I mean, if I was the GM and he's he's got nine sacks again in seventeen game season and he was healthy for the whole season and he's got the same issues, I'm I'm not paying him as a top defensive end in the league and I'll look elsewhere, the draft or free agency or whatever. And you know, I know he's a fan favorite and the girls love him or whatever, but as a as a football fan, you want him to be able to do the things that you need a star defensive end to do, and he just simply hasn't done that yet, in my opinion. I don't see them letting him walk no matter what he does. I just, you can't replace, it's hard to replace those guys. And they've already let Hassan go. It's, I mean, Hassan, get, getting production, replacing the production Hassan got is going to be tough enough. There's no way. 
they don't assign him. I don't know how much it's going to be. It might be a little bit lower, you know, if he's not producing. I don't see that to be the case. I mean, he's he's been consistent last two years, nine sacks. How I'd the like fuck? to see him getting bumped a little bit up from last year, but yeah, and and how in the fuck did Brian Burns make the Pro Bowl over Hassan Reddick last year? Like that that makes no sense at all. Hassan Reddick had more sacks. He was the better player. I don't have a vote, man. <laughs> it's it's just like a popularity contest. Yeah, man. it is. And, and you know, but Brian Burns is good. I mean, he. I mean, there's no. He's a he's, he's a good. solid player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not arguing that. But I'm saying if he wants to be paid like a top defensive end in a league, he needs to be better than good. He needs to be elite. And he has all the traits to be elite, but he hasn't mm-hmm. he hasn't taken that step yet. And I that's what I want to see this season. That's what I wanted to see last season from Shaq Thompson. And Shaq Thompson did that. He, Shaq Thompson played like a top My linebacker. Boy, yeah. yeah. So, you know, going into the season, I was like, man, I really want Shaq Thompson to t- – because t- he's Shaq Thompson's one of the top paid linebackers in the league this year uh, because of all the restructures and stuff. So – I need to see that from Brian Burns. I'm hoping that my calling out that work with Chad Thompson works with Brian Burns this season. And Brian, I mean, if Brian Burns gets 12 or 13 yeah, sacks. Calls the whole team. <laughs> yeah. If Brian Burns gets 12 or 13 sacks, I would consider that successful and, and that next step. But if he finishes with nine or 10 sacks again, like, I mean, I'm not paying him $16 million a year. I'm just not doing but they'll it. Pay. I mean, they'll pay him. He, he might not get the highest, but they're going to pay him. He ain't walking. That's not happening. But... We'll leave it at that. Before we get going here, I just want to give our listeners a heads up. We're going to be taking a few weeks off from recording, so stay tuned to our Twitter. We'll be keeping you guys updated on everything Panthers on there. And we'll we'll pick up recording again here in a few weeks. We're just going to take some time off. Memorial Day's coming up. I'm going on vacation for a bit. So everyone enjoy their Memorial Day time off with friends and family. We just want to thank everyone for listening to the Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 